0: Welcome to the Pursue Whole Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Maurer, and in this podcast, I share my insights as a leadership coach and former therapist. I sit down with some of the highest level leaders in business, entertainment, and human performance to help you pursue wholeness in your work, life, and relationships. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Pursue Whole Podcast. I'm really excited to continue a conversation with our newest coach, Kim Diosegi. Kim, welcome. Yeah, it's good to be here again. So if you were to listen to the episode we did with Kim a couple weeks back, we heard a little bit from her on her background as a relational therapist and then also coach and her work with leaders and spouses and just relational dynamics in general. And she really comes as an expert into the work we do here at Pursue Whole, not only as a leadership coach, but can really lead around what do healthy relationships look like, How do we resolve dysfunctions within co-founders or team members or issues with leaders of their spouses? So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about why relationships are so essential for the life and success of leaders and also look at 10 symptoms of relational dysfunctions that happen to occur in some of their most common relationships. In addition to that, we have outlined a couple different models that we see leaders get into, some stuck points in their relationships, three different models of dysfunction, and one model of health that we're going to break down for the listeners as well. So Kim, let's start at the beginning. Why are relationships so essential to the life and success of leaders?
1: Although we live in a pretty independent society, we actually can't operate fully independently. The relationships that we have, the people in our life, they build us up and help encourage us moving towards success, our dreams, our goals, or they can really tear us down as well. And that's not so different than leaders either who really have a lot of power and can either empower people or disempower people.
0: And we, as you know, backgrounds, as therapists, we do a lot of below-the-line issues in relationships. Tell us a little bit about this difference between above-the-line
1: issues and below-the-line issues. It really comes down to the difference between symptoms that show up in a unhealthy or fractured relationship versus the patterns that got us there. So the symptoms would be an argument you have with your spouse about who left the dirty peanut butter spoon in the sink, right? And it's very rarely about the peanut butter, right? And so it becomes this question of what rules, what patterns, what dynamics have led to this being such a big issue when anyone on the outside would say, why does this matter? Why are we arguing about this?
0: Yeah, we see people spin over and over and over again on these above the line issues. And they're typically very cognitive. They're not emotional. They're very kind of rational. But what we find is that there's a lot of emotion below the line that's that's feeding that dysfunction. But a lot of people don't have the skills or an, or know how to identify, man, what is going on in this relationship with a co-founder or a team member or a child or my spouse? What's this really about? And that's where I feel like we're really gifted at within pursue holes to take people below the line and where you're gifted at, Kim, to understand both some of their relational dynamics and what got them there in the first place. When we boil relationships down for leadership, leadership is all about relationships, and it's about people, it's about how we mobilize them, how we empower them, how we influence them, and how we make them feel, and the trust that they're able to build with us. Trust is a very important thing, and that's built through someone being able to feel safe, connected, and empowered within a relationship. So how you connect or how you engage with people as a leader will either be one of your greatest liabilities, or it's going to be one of your greatest assets. So let's dig into some of the research around why relationships are so important for leaders. The Pew Research Center found that 89% of adults within the workplace, they wanted their leaders to create a safe and respectful workplace. Now, to create a safe and respectful workplace requires a certain level of emotional intelligence, but also relational intelligence. And this leads us into one of the most well-known studies on psychological safety by Google, This research by Google was called Project Aristotle. And what they wanted to identify was what were the most successful team dynamics that led to success, productivity, cohesion, and influence within an organization. They looked at 180 teams at Google over a two-year period, looking at over 250 attributes. And what was unique is that over these two years, they could not find a, a set guideline on what's the makeup that makes these teams successful they were not able to find it until they looked at research they brought in psychologists and they brought in therapists actually and what they did is they found this thing called psychological safety and when they found that they were able to flesh out really five core components of what makes a team successful the first one is psychological safety the second is dependability the third is structure and clarity The fourth is having a sense of meaning and the fifth is feeling like you're creating impact in the organization. But what was so interesting was those last four don't happen unless psychological safety is present. And psychological safety happens when team members feel safe and they take risks to be vulnerable in front of others. Now, as a leader... It is your responsibility to cultivate a setting with your presence, but also with your policies and procedures, a setting and a workplace where people can show up as their authentic self. And very difficult to do that when you have low EQ or when you have low relational intelligence. One really important thing is to be able to assess where we're at in our relationships, both in fitness and finance and development and leadership. You need to have measures on recognizing whether you're on track or off track, whether things are healthy or unhealthy. So Kim, what are some signs and symptoms in a leader's life that are revealing that they might have some unhealth or dysfunction within their relationships?
1: Yeah, we actually have 10 symptoms that we really look for um, that kind of act as red flags for us. And so these could be a good thing for us to each check in with ourselves And how many of these do I find in my own life and my own relationships? The first one would be avoidance of difficult conversations. So in this situation, we have quite a bit of fear of conflict, and we just don't talk about the hard things. The second is lack of empathy. So this we see pretty often, and this is a difficulty to see from the other person's perspective or affirm differences that we might have.
0: This is often a big reason why leaders are mandated or encouraged to come to us from a spouse or another co-founder or an executive leader because their lack of empathy is wreaking havoc within the organization or within a relationship or an intimate relationship. And it's getting so bad that the community or the the culture around that leader is saying, hey, we really need to shift this because you're you're deteriorating the culture here. So this is a reason lack of empathy is actually a a large thing that we focus on with our leaders is to teach them, how do you not respond out of criticism so fast, but how do you actually see yourself in the other person's shoes and be more emotionally intelligent?
1: Yeah, and that actually leads right into our third one, which would be control and criticism. So in this situation, uh, we really have a difficult time being flexible to change. And uh, like you said, like we're quick to criticize other people. The fourth is irritability. So in this situation, you're really easily annoyed. You can harbor resentment towards others, and there might be a level of bitterness in your relationships. The fifth is burnout. So we see this pretty often with a lot of leaders um, that the dysfunctions in our primary relationships end up leading to so much mental and emotional stress that we just end up feeling exhausted, tired, and we don't have anything left to give. And we end up just saying, can I do this anymore?
0: You mentioned this in our podcast. We talked about previously about your background and why you're so passionate to work with leaders individually but also within their ecosystem is because it's very difficult for a leader to go into work when their marriage is falling apart or when they're having conflict with a co-founder or a key executive. Very difficult to stay focused, regulate your energy, and actually show up to work and be productive when you have relational issues that are constantly occurring in your personal
1: life. Exactly. The sixth one is a hyper focus on the other person. So it's not uncommon for us to lose a sense of identity because we're so concerned about what other people think. Um, and so we're just focused on what does this person want from me and I'm going to morph and become that. It's a bit of a chameleon mentality.
0: And typically that works really well in relationships. When you look at sales and marketing or leadership is to meet the person across from you. Leaders are very good at being that chameleon. But for more intimate relationships, things start to break down when
1: we show up as a chameleon. The seventh is low confidence and self-doubt. So when we're discouraged about what we have to offer, um, it's really hard to tackle all areas of our life. The eighth symptom or red flag is defensiveness. So... With defensiveness, we have a really hard time being vulnerable in our relationships. Um, We can't really say, I'm sorry, I need help, I did something wrong. And so we're more likely to defend our position and stand our ground of, it's my way. The ninth is the grass is greener mentality. So we tend to fantasize about what things could be rather than what it actually is. And we also tend to have this mindset of, oh, wow, if I had only done this one thing in the past, my whole life would be better. And we tend to focus on what could have been. The last red flag that we're going to talk about is dreading the time together and a sense of disconnection. So at the end of the day, we feel like we don't have similar goals anymore. We're not on the same page. And we just feel like we're moving in different directions.
0: Yeah, and for those who are listening,
1: re-listen to this,
0: get a sense of how many of these connected with you personally. And this is going to give you a good read on where your current relationships are right now with a co-founder or with a team member or a spouse or a friend maybe. But we're going to break this down even more over the next couple months, really breaking down what we defined as three models of dysfunction. So beyond these symptoms, we need to look at relational patterns and rhythms that are occurring so a really common one that we've heard is this idea of Codependence, or maybe you're more avoidant in your relationship. So what we did is we researched uh, the best of the psychological world around relationships, and we defined three unique models that we see within leaders' lives that most represent some of their struggles. So let's talk about, Kim, for a second, very briefly, those three types. And for listeners, this is going to be a fast overview because we're going to dig in a little bit deeper over the next couple months for each one of these to give you more clarity about what these are. So let's start with type one.
1: Yeah, the first type we're calling the stagnation. So this is kind of what you mentioned, the codependent, maybe over-involved type relationship. So in this situation, both individuals have somewhat lost a sense of themselves and they become so focused on the other and they're so afraid of conflict that they really morph and become like the other person. We
0: see this a lot in relationships, not only in marriage specifically, but also in leadership where two co-founders, instead of them having their unique identity, they're so focused on pleasing one another. Or we have an executive team member who wants to please the CEO or their leader,
1: and they lose that sense of identity with who they are. Tell us about type two. Yeah, the second type we're calling the void. So this tends to be a bit more of a detached or avoidant type relationship. So both individuals are pretty much in their own world, right? They might be going really hard um, towards their dreams. They might be very focused at work on a specific project. And because of this, they've lost sight of the other person next to them. And both are would be on a different road, so to speak.
0: And this typically happens over a long period of time. Most people don't start their relationship detached but as time goes on it becomes detached and especially within leadership uh, we can be very disconnected from our team and our other executives that we work with and start to feel like we're not on the same page or we feel like we don't understand them or they don't understand us so this can play out both in marriage once again but also in work absolutely
1: yeah and that leads us to the third type which we call the pinch and so at this point a relationship did start out pretty healthy. There was a good sense of self and connection to the other person. Um, But really, life stressors got in the way and they've ended up moving further and further apart. And at some point, they start to feel bitter towards the other person or viewing the other as the enemy. Yeah, this is like two co-founders who started with a
0: lot of excitement, a lot of passion. You bring in a new team member. There's a lot of great energy there and things are going really well. But over time, as the complexity arises, as there's financial stresses, as there's more team dynamics, what was a really good relationship has lost some of that goodness and some of that cohesion because there's so much stress, there's so much anxiety, there's so much complexity that gets in between the relationship, not because they it to, but simply because of the nature of the beast that they're in, which is this business, and they can lose that ability to feel connected. So we have the stagnation, we have the void, and we have the pinch as these three relational dysfunctions or these patterns or rhythms that we typically see leaders live into. And here at Pursue Whole, we have created a model around what we believe is a whole relationship, a unique dynamic of relationship. Can you tell us a little bit about the model that we've created for leaders?
1: Yeah, when we think about whole relationship, there is a sense of I'm in tune and connected with myself. And I'm in tune and connected with others. So in this relationship, we have an equal ability to say, I know what my unique abilities are. I know what I want from life. I know uh, what I need in my relationships. But I'm also able to respect when other people have differing wants and needs and gifts to offer. And it goes even beyond that ability to respect and really start to affirm that those things are good, even if they're different.
0: Yeah, we hear a lot about on one spectrum, we have codependence. and On the other spectrum, we have independence, which is a detachment. Right here, this is this interdependence, which is I know who I am. I know who you are. We respect each other's differences, and we bring the best of ourselves into almost a kind of a third relationship, which is us together. And when we can do that both in work and relationships at home or with friends, man, we see way better productivity, we see better success, we see greater peace, less mental health and emotional drain all around. So over the next couple of months, we're going to break these down into detail. So if one of these identified with you today, stay tuned because we're going to get into these a little bit deeper and, and map these out for what these look like and give you a model for what it could look like for your relationships to be more emotionally whole. So stay tuned for the upcoming episodes on the Pursue Whole podcast. Let me redo that. Kim, thank you for being here with us today. We're so excited to continue this conversation over the next couple months and really break down each one of these models for our listeners so that they can help understand some of the complexities and the dysfunction within their relationship, but then also cast a vision for them on what could be a whole relationship in their life, both with a co-founder or a spouse or anyone really in their life. So stay tuned. We'll continue this conversation. But Kim, thank you again for your wisdom and insights today.
1: Yeah, I've enjoyed having the conversation and look forward to going more in depth.
0: Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, links, and show notes, visit pursuehole.com and click podcast. Before we go, it would be extremely helpful if you would please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you find this podcast. This helps me understand my audience better and serve more leaders such as yourself. That's it for me this week. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or other social platforms, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Pursue Whole Podcast.